Welcome to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. If you're struggling to stay ahead of your daily life challenges, you will want to listen close as Eva and her guests will help you address the most important priorities first. Now, here's your host, Eva Medelec. Hello, everyone. I'm Eva Medelec, and welcome to today's show. Today, my guest is Pamela Thompson, and she has experienced many transitions throughout her life, including living and working on five continents, divorce, burnout, finding the love of her life. She is passionate about sharing her insights, stories, and strategies on how to navigate change, lead in uncertain times, and thrive in life and work globally through experiential workshops, speaking, and writing. Now, Pam is committed to making a difference and is the founder of Female Wave of Change Canada, a national member-based nonprofit. She is the author of the number one best-selling book, Learning to Dance with Life, a guide for high-achieving women, and is launching her second book, The Exploits of Minerva, Reflections of a 60-something Woman in January. So welcome to today's show, Pam. So happy to have you. Thanks so much, Eva. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Who is Pamela Thompson? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm multifaceted like most people. And one of the things about me is that from a very young age, I was fascinated by different people cultures and countries. I recall before I went to sleep at night, setting the stage for the country I was going to visit in my dreams that night and the work I was going to do in the world. So I knew from about age three or four that I was going to be traveling around the world and being of service in some way. So that's part of me. I almost did a PhD in anthropology because of that, but then I didn't. I also believe that life is an adventure to be lived to the fullest. And I also am a nature girl. I love particularly being in, on, and by water. I know water is is amazingly inspirational and calming and soothing and, and all of the things. So I'm curious, what type of adventure travels do you do or have you done and You know, is this travel for work or is it just travel for the joy of traveling? Tell us a little bit about your travels. Well, a lot of it was for my work. I love to travel um, on my own and with with my partner. Um, However, my work has enabled me to do things like in the early 90s, just after the Berlin Wall came down to facilitate a multi-country workshop for the World Health Organization in Moscow to... um, yeah, living and working in Afghanistan from, for 13 months from the fall of 2010 till November 2011, when it was literally a war zone, it still is, obviously, and helping the Ministry of Public Health develop their first strategic plan and build the capacity of internal teams to do strategic and operational planning, um, to managing big international development projects. I used to work for a consulting group. And we managed and consulted on international development projects around the world in a variety of sectors. And I was one of their health sector specialists. So I managed a big, um, an HIV AIDS surveillance uh, project in Pakistan. And also I um, 
I did the design, led the design team, and I led the front end of the development and implementation of a primary healthcare project in Nigeria. So, So I've had different experiences at different levels of leadership. And I guess the big thing that comes through is helping people co-create things and collaborate. Because if you do a strategic plan and it all serves, for for example, you sit at the table with all the senior management and then you pitch it or communicate it down to everyone, people do not have ownership for it. So one of my gifts, I would say, is to help people help build ownership and create plans and strategic plans that are living documents that people have ownership for. So this wow. ability to help people collaborate and, co- and, and co-create. Well, that's, that sounds really, really exciting. And um, all I can say is, wow, because you've been in some places that I guess for, for foreigners <laughs> could be quite uh, dangerous, if you will, or, you know, needs to have some fancy maneuvering. So with all of your experience and, and travel and it looks like all of the different um, opportunities you've had for work, Let's move to today. What problems do you solve for people today? Yeah, and, and yes, that has been an evolutionary journey. Currently, I'm really focusing on supporting women midlife and beyond to navigate life transitions with ease, grace, and playfulness. So my next question is, how are you the expert? Like what makes you the expert of that type of support and problem solving and helping women, midlife women, if you will, make these, these changes with ease? Great question. The other piece I, I meant to, I'd like to add is I also help women through that process reinvent themselves if they choose to. And so I recently, when reflecting on my life, realized I've reinvented myself many, many times. So it's interesting because I've been coaching people and had a team of coaches since 2009 when I launched my coaching business. Um, We were originally coaching people, men and women, through a variety of life transitions. And then we moved on. Then I moved on to coaching women. Um, And... Can you repeat your question again, Eva? I don't, I feel like I'm getting off, off stream a little bit here with my answer. No worries. We all kind of, kind of go <laughs> off the side a little bit. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, solving a problem for people, I just want our listeners to be clear on why you are that person. What makes you an expert to solve that problem? What makes me an expert is that I've been through many life transitions And a few years ago, I took the time to reflect, and I realized that most of them were by choice. I'm somebody who, after about three years, averages about three years previously in a job, and then I'm ready for something else, right? So a lot of my choice, or I intuitively know it's the end of a relationship, for example. I just intuitively know, and I follow my intuition. And so part of that has been it's helped me to become flexible. And then when I reflected a few years, about six years ago, my husband was headhunted and that's how we ended up living where we do now. And it was like a really good opportunity for him, but we had this beautiful house in the Okanagan Valley wine country in, in the interior of British Columbia. We had lived there for eight years. We had lots of friends and it's like, I loved it there. I didn't want to move, but this was an incredible opportunity for him. So I, you know, he, he left 
and tried it out. And I thought, oh, I have to dip my toe in, you know. And uh, so I put our house in Airbnb for the summer and I came here and lived. And I thought, well, I could live here. And then we made the big leap and we actually downsized. We did a huge downsize from like a 3,400 square foot house to like 850 square feet in this oh my goodness. two bedroom, one bathroom apartment. I thought, am I 23 again, Eva? I thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing? So then it made me reflect and thinking about change and re- made me realize that the majority of changes and transitions I'd experienced were totally by, from, by my choice. And this was one that was kind of imposed on me. I mean, not totally imposed, but really it came out of the blue. It's not like he was looking for this. And so it made me, I think, much more sensitive to people that maybe are a bit more resistant to change and um, a bit more resistant to change. And also that gave me the acknowledgement that, wow, it can be not so fun. However, there are ways to make it fun. And later on, when we chat a bit about my Art of Change framework, I can share a little bit more about that. But I believe that change can be playful. And you, you know, can- I love that you brought that up because it, it had me thinking a little bit about some of the changes in my life. And, um, you know, similar to you, sometimes, you know, change actually negates boredom, I think. You know, we can get bored, we can get stagnant, we can get into a rut and a routine and, and change um, breaks things up a bit. You know, I moved from, you know, New Jersey in the United States all the way across country to California without really ever having visited California. I just decided this is where I'm going to live. And then I told everybody about it. And then I started doing research. And what I want to note, though, is you made that change not on your own or by yourself, so to speak, but you have a partner. I think that's what I heard you said. You know, it was your husband's, you know, opportunity. And then you got to embrace the, the next phase or changes that it brought for you too. Um, when I made my change, I had my, my children were in high school and college. And um, I had a boyfriend at the time who's now my husband uh, 20 years later. Uh, and you know, there's that security and that bit of safety, knowing that you're not totally on your own. With the women that you help, how, what is the difference between making these major life changes on your own and having a partner that's either A, supportive of the change and willing to make it with you, or B, resistant of the change that you want to make and might be holding you back because I was very fortunate when I decided, and I wasn't even living with my husband, we were just dating. I decided to move to California. He was like, great. When are we leaving? And I was like, I almost said, Oh, who asked you? But then I thought, great. This guy really wants to pick up his life and be on the adventure with me. You know, that was my first clue that, yeah, he's really special. So speaking to that a little bit, because it can be challenging for women who um, don't have that level of support. That that's an excellent question and the points that you've made there, Eva. One of the things when I've been working on this reinvention program is that I mentioned that one of the ingredients you need is support. So you need support from friends and or family because you cannot do this alone. I mean, you can think you can, but it really depends obviously on how big the change is, but it's really, really helpful 
to have support. And uh, it's interesting because when I left my first husband, I was um, I had my own, had had my own consulting company for like ten and a half years, and then I was approached or I wanted to do international work. And the when I went for an interview, I wasn't interested in a job at all. I thought I was going to be put on their consulting roster, and then the president offered me a position, and I'm like, ah. Anyway, and he said, you know, I really would like more technical people at headquarters, which was the other side of Canada where I was living. And I said, well, I'm fine to do that. And at that point, I hadn't actually said that I was going to separate from my husband, but I was thinking about it. So I mean, so, so part of me, I get that you're doing it on your own. And part of me was saying, oh, great, I can leave and make a clean break and the whole world doesn't have to know. It's part of my job that I get to go and be, you know, because the president of this new company I'm working with, you know, wants more technical people. So that's my excuse to move. Yeah, you had an excuse. You had a reason to create some sort of win-win for yourself in your life, it sounds like. (laughs) Totally, totally. So there's kind of different types of support. And I, I guess I felt, you know, I picked up and moved so many places in my life voluntarily after university, moved from one part of Canada to the other side, you know, different jobs, all sorts. So I didn't, I didn't feel that I needed support. However, I think the level of support that you need not only varies depending on your personality and how much change you've experienced in your life, but it also depends on the, what should I say? on whether or not you initiated the change, because if you didn't initiate it and it comes out of the blue and it's imposed on you, you require more support. And also if there's grieving associated with it, like loss, like one woman that I worked with, for example, ended up moving from one sort of side of Canada to Victoria. And within six months, her husband, who she'd been with the love of her life for 40 years, died of cancer. So, I mean, for her to try to do that all on her own, like that would be really hard. And she actually reached out and came to a program I offered because of that. Right. And and I feel like people who have multiple transitions they're going through as well, like a move, retirement, whatever it is, they require more support as well. But they but if you have a really big thing that involves a lot of loss that you you really need support. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we need support in so many areas of our lives. And, uh, you know, a lot of the clients that I, I work with, some, some people are resistant to sharing what the change is. And they hold it close to the vest. And, and part of the breakthrough of what I, I share with my clients is the more people you tell, the more the universe is going to inspire, you know, inspired to help you make that change. And I experienced it when I wanted to move to California. I gave myself a year to make the move. I had a deadline. I just told anybody who would listen. I was a dental hygienist at the time. So I was used to having captive audiences. My hands were in their mouth. They couldn't talk back. They were forced to listen to me. (laughs) And um, through just telling people, so many people want to help. You know, uh, I, I got job offers like, I know a dentist. In, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area, you know, let me put you in touch with them. And as a result of that, I had a job secured six months before I even moved there or was allowed to legally work and be licensed there. And so that accelerated, you know, 
the the steps I needed to take. I had leads for homes and and mortgages and and everything just by sharing what I intended to do, what my dream was, what my goal was. And people are so willing to support and help. And I think most people don't realize, in my experience anyway, how much people are willing to help and support if we just give them the chance. That's such a good point. And I've had similar things happen to me as well. I believe that a lot of times high achieving women or strong women Many of us don't like to reach out because we have this old belief that if we do it, it's a sign of weakness. Mm. And I think that's one of the beliefs we need to let go of and realize we all need support. Absolutely. how valuable it is. Yeah. And the support gives us momentum and confidence to really keep going and doing what we need to do. I think this is a good time for us to take a short break before we go into why people resist change so strongly. I really want to talk about that because, you know, uh, if nothing changes, nothing changes and we can't expect change unless, you know, we're part of that change. So when we come back, everyone, we're going to talk a little bit more about what that resistance is and how we can break through. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun. Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Welcome back, everyone. And I'm here with Pamela Thompson, and we're talking about embracing change. So, Pam, why is change so important? Well, change is important because it's around us all the time. And having just going through a, a pandemic and having all that uncertainty in our lives and the big changes that made many of us pivot our businesses and such like and not be able to be close to our loved ones. 
um, just really, I think, emphasized the importance of change and the importance of understanding how to how we respond to it, and also the importance of having some tools to help us navigate it so that we embrace it versus resist it. So why do you think folks are resistant to change in the first place? Well, as you probably know, Eva, and many of your listeners may too, we're physically hardwired to fear change. We have this amygdala in our brain that is constantly scouring our environments for threats and, and, and anything that it would perceive as a threat. So anything different. And when it senses that, it causes our body to send stress hormones. And then we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And I think everybody knows what that is. Fight, you get angry. Flight, you run away, stick your head in the sand, you don't. (laughs) And freeze, you just can't make any decisions at all. None of those, those are good places to be if you're a leader of any sort or even in your personal life. Well, that is certainly true. You know, I, I think because I, I, I love change so much, <laughs> but sometimes I think two months and, and my husband's like, you know, when when are we going to stop, stop this? But, you know, I think it keeps life adventurous. So, you know, with the hardwiring that we have in our amygdala to resist or fear or um, avoid change as much as possible, what needs to happen for us to actually embrace change, maybe have a different mindset about change? Well, that is, that's actually really important. And so at this point, I guess I can share about a bit about my art of change framework. And you know, you could just do whatever you feel is going to to help everybody who's listening, who may recognize themselves, you know, like there was a, a quote from, um, Richard Branson, that I love, he says, when, when someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure yes. how to do it, yes. say yes and figure it out later. Right. And, you know, the fear that comes up, can I do this? Will I, you know, be able to make this a, a success? Will I make a mistake? Because a lot of our fears are, you know, fears of starting small, fears of making a mistake, fears of what other people might think, fears of the criticism, fears of letting other people down if it doesn't work out, you know, fear, 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 fear. And some people may be recognizing themselves in um, opportunities, if you will, that they have said no to because they didn't have the confidence that they can do it or do it right, or they you know, didn't think that they would get the support as we talked about that we need. So for us to have that mindset to be able to embrace change, what what can we do? Okay, the big thing that we can do is change our belief related to change so that we can learn to embrace it. And that's why I actually have found it really helpful to create a five-step process called the art of change framework, because it helps people understand how they respond to change and why. And it actually gives them tools that they can use to more successfully navigate each aspect of the change process. And so an example would be, if we go into fear, flight, or freeze, we view change as a threat. But if we believe that embracing change is an opportunity 
to learn and grow. And then embracing change involves a creative process that opens us up to new possibilities. Our frame of reference is totally different. So often mindset is really key. If you go into a change and you're really fearful and you're constantly looking for the next thing that's going to happen or the penny to drop, then the way you respond to it is totally different than if you believe that embracing change is a creative process. It opens you up to new possibilities, right? It's like what you focus on grows. If you focus on what can go wrong, that's what's going to, you know, really wreak havoc on your nervous system. But this, this approach of being excited, being creative, what's possible to add to our lives, enhance our lives, enrich our lives, is that shift that I'm hearing you say that will help us embrace change more openly and open-heartedly. Totally. And another piece is understanding the difference between a change and a transition. And I draw heavily from the work of William Bridges, who sadly has has passed several years ago, and he's an organizational theorist. And based on his work with people in organizations for more than 30 years, he identified there's a difference between a change and a transition, Eva. And he said that the change, a change is external and situational to us. Something, you know, that's tangible that you can see like a pink slip if you're let go from a job or a separation agreement. Whereas a transition is internal and psychological. It's the internal psychological work that we do to readjust and reorient reorient ourselves to that new external reality. So when you help people with transitions, it's more of that internal psychology? That's exactly right. Because a lot of people do the change. Like, okay, I'm moving. I'm out of here. I'm leaving that relationship. I'm out of here. And then what happens is if they don't do that internal transition work, they often keep repeating the same patterns in their lives and remaining unhealthy, frustrated, and unfulfilled. For example, someone who leaves a relationship and very soon gets into another one and may remarry three, four, or five times, and often even people who look very much like the first spouse. And they keep repeating, it's the honeymoon phase, and yet they keep going through the same issues because they haven't taken time between the relationships to find out who they are and what they really want in life. That's, that's a really excellent example that I certainly and many people have seen. You know, I've noticed that in a lot of people. There, there's, I don't know if you've ever, in the United States, we have this show called The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I, I used to watch that show because it was filmed so close to the, the home I grew up in. And my parent, my, my dad still lives there. And I went to school with, with one of the characters, not the characters, but one of the participants on the show. And um, one of the women divorced her husband because he got sent back to Italy and then she just remarried. The guy looks exactly like her first husband. Like I don't know about the personality, but you know, in uh, you know, when you look on social media, I found that I wasn't the only one that thought out like thousands of people like, wait a second, doesn't he look just like the guy she just divorced? <laughs> totally. It happens. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, you, you notice that, especially, you know, sometimes in celebrity world, like these celebrities that keep getting married over and over again, the woman looks very similar, or if they're dating someone that looks like their ex-wife. So that's really, um, it's funny to, to kind of see that. So, you know, 
with the work that you do, one of the questions that I have for you is like, who are you for versus who are you not for? Like who should absolutely be the type of person that would work with you and who would be the type of person that, you know what, you're not ready for this work or maybe you shouldn't contact me. Let's get a distinction about, you know, who should be immersed in this kind of work with you. Who am I for at this point in my life? I am for women midlife and beyond who want to learn and grow and are interested in receiving support so that they can navigate change more effectively. So are these women stuck? Some of them are stuck. Some of them, as I mentioned, the woman who had lost her husband, you know, and wanted support to move through that, that change. Some of them are at a point in their lives where they want to leave a corporate job or a profession, but they're scared. And they want to start their own business, but they're like 50, 55, 60, could be more even. And they're really scared to take that leap. Like I remember I left in the early 90s when I was quite, quite young, a really good job with the federal government. And my father thought I was absolutely mad. You're leaving this great job with these benefits and such like. For That's me. the key. What you said right there, that's what people don't want to hear. <laughs> when they make these decisions for themselves. No, seriously. What is my, you know, dad going to say, my mom going to say, my sister, my brother, my spouse, my kids even, because I started my own business at the age of 50 and it was a, a kick in the butt moment, I would say, because I got downsized at my job. It was in 2010. I'm 62 now. It was in 2010. And, um, you know, my boss downsized me and reduced my salary. So she downsized my hours and reduced my salary. And then she went out and bought a Lexus and took her family on vacation, but she couldn't afford me. And so it got me thinking, okay, I don't want to work to make someone else rich the rest of my life. Because uh, I know you're in Canada, but here in America, and it might be similar in Canada too, when you're working a job, the most you get is two weeks vacation. <laughs> So it's, you're better. it's better in Canada. Yeah. And in Europe, it's six weeks. It seems like it's six weeks every six weeks. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I need to get to Europe for that. But, you know, our, our, our mental health and well-being and our physical health and well-being are not at the forefront in the, the American workaholic system. Uh, I think it's changing now. I think COVID has forced a lot of people to look differently about their their health and well-being. But my point is, it was a choice point for me that I wouldn't have made if I didn't get that kick in the butt. If it was, uh, I think you called it a forced um, change or forced transition. And yeah, I had to go on interview after interview and look for supplemental income because of the... Um, you know, the responsibilities I had financially, but I was more afraid of not doing something different than doing something different and living a life that was more aligned to my vision, goals, and values. I was more afraid of staying stuck and working on that treadmill, mm -hmm. uh, getting up, going to work, and being capped at a certain salary. That scared me more. And that's often what it takes. Yeah, It takes something to kick you on the butt 
uh, to make you move. Like, you know, when people are let go, like you said, you downsized, let right sized, whatever language we want to call it, or somebody leaves, like you leave the relationship. And then if your partner leaves and then you reflect and you realize, oh my goodness, you know, it wasn't, a, we weren't in a great space and neither of us were willing to work anymore. So a lot of times that's the silver lining in change, like reflecting on the change and realizing even if it came out of the blue and it was imposed, you can see the positive aspects of it. And you move forward based on that and those yes. positive aspects rather than holding on for dear life to what was. <laughs> yeah, you, no point. you can't. Yeah. And you see people do that. I mean, I love Wayne Dyer, a quote from Wayne Dyer, change the way you look at things. And the things you look at change. I know that, um, you know, a lot of people are comfortably miserable. Yeah. Yeah. They're comfortable in their misery. And I say that because I think back on my parents who just complained all the time about their relationship, about getting up to go to work. And, you know, there are people who complain all the time about things, but they're not doing anything to change that situation. Exactly. Because it's too scary. Yeah, it's too scary. And so I remember one time somebody said to me, I think I was complaining about my weight or, you know, having a belly after children or whatever. And I was going to work complaining all the time. And one woman said to me, are you going to keep complaining about it? Or are you going to do something about it? Uh And, you know, and as, as much as it hurt, it's what I needed to hear. Yes. And I went on, you know, a fitness regimen, I started jogging, and I started doing things. And it really inspired me, like, she's right, who wants to hear people complain all the time, do something about it, and stop talking about it. So with that, my dear, who are you not for? Who should not reach out to you? Well, who should not reach out to me is people who are, who are stuck and not willing to do the work to move forward. People who seem to enjoy complaining and staying where they are and really not interested in learning and growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. People who can't take the coaching. <laughs> or that who too. People who are not coachable. Yeah. And don't yeah. want to learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've had people come to me and say they're ready and they're not, they're not really ready. You know, I had this, this coach once that says, you know, you know, when you use the phrase ready, willing, and able, he's like, it's never that you're not ready. And it's never that you're not able, but it's more that you're not willing. That's a very good give up what you need to give up. We always think willing to do more, willing to do more, but it's actually willing to let some of those old habits, beliefs, behaviors, and, and paradigms go so that we can clear a path to move forward. So all right, let's let's take another little break and we'll talk about maybe when would be the right time to change? Um, how can we be confident, develop some confidence with change? Because I want to go a little bit more into the nuances with you, Pam, because I think most people know that they need to change, but that change can be just so scary, you know, for a lot of what we already talked about that even picking up the phone and reaching out to you (laughs) is like, oh my God, if I start this process, then I'm really going to have to do something. So um, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. Stay with us guys. 
Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends. You set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Okay, we're back with Pamela Thompson, and we are talking about how hard it is to change, especially once we're in midlife. (laughs) We just get comfortable with the way things are, and sometimes we're comfortable in our own misery. So um, here's what I notice. Needing to change, especially when you're working with a coach, gives some people the feeling that something is wrong with how we are now. You know, why do I have to change? What's wrong with me now? (laughs) Uh, Especially, you know, if you're a really good coach and you really tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. How can we shift that thought uh, to want to, you know, change will help us create a better version of ourselves, if you will? What I found, Eva, is that Initially, where I came from is my first book, as you mentioned at the outset, is called Learning to Dance, A Guide for High Achieving Women. And that came out of me burning out. Ah, And then I took some time off. Okay. So um, this idea, then I had to really face, okay, I had to change my behaviors and the way I did life because it was burning me out. I mean, granted, I'm a person with a lot of energy, but, you know, Afghanistan for 13 months, then within six weeks off doing something else with a nonprofit for a year. It was crazy. Anyway, the point being, that was a real opportunity for me to to really think about the cost of constantly driving and striving and to really look at, did I perceive my value only from the doing and, and, and the, the, the external things basically in my world, those success markers, 
Or could I really believe that I was valued based on who I am and not for what I did? And it took me a while to get there. I can honestly say I got there in the last few years, but I coached a lot of high achieving women who were very, very driven. And I feel, and, and I think you're one too. And, and it's really hard when you've been, you've grown up and internalized the mindset that you have to produce in order to be loved and valued. And I think a lot of us are in that space and it's not like our parents meant to do that. And they maybe didn't even say it, but just based on behaviors like, you know, my dad set the bar really high and he was a lovely man and I learned so much from him. But, you know, as I would be taking swimming lessons, example, and I'd be practicing between the docks at our cottage and he'd say, bam, one more, you can do one more lap, you can do it. So always raising the bar higher, bar higher and higher and higher. So this is, this is you know, so part of it's like, changing that mindset and and around the mindset is also you just it's like opening a pandora's box so what i did a few years after i launched that book i used the same metaphor and i created a five-step art of change framework based on the metaphor life is a dance and underpinned by the belief that embracing change is a creative process that opens us up to new possibilities and what it does it is it I draw on the work from William Bridges and I've augmented it based on my own work with people around the world. And if I may, I'll just walk people th through the steps. Yes, please. So, so the first step is, um, what I'll do is I'll share the five steps and then I'll break them down. The first step is shine the light. The next one is choose your dance. Feel the rhythm and learn the steps. Practice, practice, practice and finally share your dance with the world. So in the first one, when you're shining your light, that's when you explore. I'm gonna so interrupt you one second because um, I just wanna share what's coming up for me. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you first described the, the high achieving, overachieving, drive, push, push, it is such masculine energy. Now we all have masculine and feminine in us, you know, bo both genders have masculine and feminine. And women oftentimes feel that they need to uh, adopt that masculine energetic push to be successful. And that drive can burn us out. And I love how your framework felt like feminine energy to me, shining, dancing, sharing, receiving, all of that, because there is that duality and that dance back and forth leading, following, shining, all of that. And so I just thought, I was like, wow, that's beautiful. She went from that uh, masculine, hard, hard, push, push, drive, drive, achieve, achieve, to dancing, which is so much more fun. Oh, totally. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because there are no accidents in life. Because Ingen Bull, the founder of Female Wave of Change Global, she found me, we found each other on LinkedIn in 2018. And we had a call you know, a Zoom call, and we agreed to support each other on social media. And then I had a radio show in 2019. I interviewed her. And then in 2020, just before pan the pandemic hit, she had an interview with me and one of her board members invited me to be an ambassador for Canada, female wave of change. Well, congratulations. And what that is all about is valuing the qualities of the feminine. 
creativity, yes. collaboration, emotional intelligence, inclusiveness. And also recognizing men as well as women can have these qualities, but valuing them and teaching women and men to value them. And then also helping us to dance in our businesses and our workplaces with the masculine and the feminine, rather than always having the masculine, you know, taking the system. And, and, and so this partly involves changing systems to recognize that as well as changing and educating leaders. And so we actually have a women leading and change leadership development program that I'm on the faculty for. And so, yes, so it's kind of interesting how your life follows things. There are no accidents. And yeah, I did the dance thing. I had no idea that I would end up being ambassador for Canada of the global social. Well, that's, that's, that's a pretty freaking special and that's a big deal. And it also, you know, we can do this in our relationships too. You know, my, my husband and I run our real estate business together and I've taken more of a step back to focus on my coaching, but there are times when I need him to be him. And there are times when he calls me like, like, I need you. My kids had this joke. I'm giggling behind like, mommy, we need you to get ghetto on this person. (laughs) It's a little bit of an inside joke, but you know, I, I am a loyal fighter for what I believe in and the people I believe in. And there are times when he gets in his feminine energy and my masculine energy is needed for that uh, particular negotiation or mediation that we're in. And then there are other times when his masculine energy is needed and my feminine en- energy is needed. And we've learned in our relationship, not only as life partners, but as business partners, how to do that dance together. And he'll often say to me, you're better than that at this than I am. So you do it. And I'll say it to him, you know, now you're, you're good at dealing with that type of person. So you do it. So we do do this dance and it can be a beautiful thing. And nobody's ego is involved. Nobody's ego is bruised. We're just also living from our strengths a little bit. That's beautiful and good for you both to be aware of that and utilizing it effectively in the way you do business. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I interrupted you with your five steps. I will let you continue. No, 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 that's there. fine. Yeah, no, but no. I felt this was important to kind of just just highlight it is. on how the dance is can be so beautiful and so much fun. And it really just enhances the experience of whatever the change or the project is that we're we're going through at the time. Yes, indeed it can be. So this bit about shine the light, it's, it's how you, you re- respond, exploring how you respond to change and why. So what I get clients to do is to think about and rate themselves on a scale from one to 10 in terms of how they typically respond to change. One being scares me to death, 10 being I thrive on it. And just like without thinking too much, just, just think, yeah. And then I say, okay, now think about a change that you did not initiate that was imposed on you and rate yourself again. And typically leaders will initially rate themselves as like a nine or a 10 because they're like yourself all about change and loving change. But when it's an imposed one, they might go down to a five or a six because they didn't have any control over it, right? So that's, that opens up the discussion with clients, whether they be one-on-one or groups. I love working in groups actually. And then the choose your dance is identifying the transition you want to work on because it's very challenging to try to work on a whole bunch at the same time. So if, if the transition is starting a new business, leaving a job and starting a new business, for example, then um, that is important that you make that decision. 
Okay. If it also involves a move, then we deal with the move later, but you, you decide to focus on the one that's biggest for you right now that's coming up. Then it's feel the rhythm and learn the steps. That's when you begin working on um, where you are on the transition journey. And I'm just going to share a little bit about what I mean by the transition journey. There's three phases in this journey, the ending, the neutral zone, and the new beginning. And there's work associated with each phase. And if you don't do the work, you keep, as I mentioned before, repeating the same patterns in your life. So the work associated with the ending is letting go. And I draw heavily from William Bridges on this piece, and then I've changed it a bit, added to it. So letting go, like if you're leading a full-time job, like think about when you left your, 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 your job to start a business, what did you have to let go of? Honestly, for me, that job had been so much of my identity. Okay. Because I've been in the dental world since, since I was a teenager. Yes. And that was the hardest part for me to let go. People would ask me, why are you still working? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like I can no longer say I'm a dental hygienist once I stop. It was 40 years. Totally. Totally. We get invested. So your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything else you had to let go of that, that comes to mind? Um, some of those relationships I knew wouldn't be sustained after, you know, I made the transition to be more entrepreneurial. And, you know, it just wasn't matching with the employee mindset that I had been in. So I had to let go of some relationships. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to share a little bit here to get a sense and so letting go, and I've added, and identifying lessons learned. So mm-hmm. identifying what you've learned from that job or relationship or whatever it was. And the neutral zone, the work is getting clear and envisioning that new business, that new job of your life. And then the final phase is the, end, the, the new beginning. And that's where you take action toward that new life that new job, that new business that you envisioned in the second phase. And so when people have this framework, they can use it to help them navigate any life transition, whether it be personal or professional. And it takes them on this journey and then they keep, they keep learning and growing along the way. So it's it's very powerful and yet it's fun because it's about reframing the lens that you view change and transition through. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Pamela, I know you have a new book coming out uh, in uh, January, early next year. Uh, How can folks stay in touch with you so that they can, you know, get a copy of this book when it comes out, learn a little bit more about what it it is? Uh, Just give us, we want to keep this transition journey going. So how can we stay in touch with you? Well, thanks very much, Eva. Um, you can go to my website at Pamela-Thompson.com. And uh, on, the, on the homepage, there's now a pop-up that enables you, if you're interested, uh, to get a sneak peek of my new book. So you can sign up and get, get a sneak peek. And for those of, the, those of folks who are, are listening who want more in, information about the Art of Change Framework, you can also sign up there to get the more unabridged version, so to speak, of the Art of Change Framework. Mm-hmm. Really quick, what's the new book about? The new book is about six women who have been part of a women's circle, supporting each other through a variety of life transitions over 20 years, told through the eyes, 
through the eyes of Minerva, very playful and partly autobiographical. And uh, it, it is part self-help, part memoir. It was originally written as fiction. And then the publisher said to me, uh, this part, this part self-help, part memoir. And I'm like, didn't, didn't they get it? And then I realized it's called creative nonfiction. So it's a story, it hooks you in. And yet there's some very practical tools and some real life experiences based on friends and friends of friends who I interviewed and created composite characters around. Awesome. I can't wait to dive more into this book. So thank you for the work that you do, Pamela, and for sharing your knowledge with us and for helping us embrace change and learn what it's going to really take to embrace change. And I want to thank our listeners for choosing to listen to the show today. I'm really grateful that you do choose to spend your time with us and that you're listening and hopefully finding some value for yourselves in the show. And I hope you'll find the time to join us again next week. And I do want to leave you with a quote this week. This one is from Bruce Lee, if you will. If you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. So until next time, bye for now, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. We hope we've been able to inspire you with today's show to take control of your own life and focus on the win. What's important now? Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.